You might not know who Glenn Murray is, but I guarantee you know him from another name, Corrupt Vision. You might have seen a photo or a video from Triathlon in the last few years because he's a man who has seen it all. We're talking to him today because he is important because he has been around the traps for a while as both a partner of a professional athlete and as someone who's so immersed literally in the sport that he goes to all the big races and knows all the big pros and knows all the big stories. And we have a chat to Glenn Murray, another man we call Corrupt Vision. You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Um, all good. All right. Uh, feel free to pull up, a, pull up a beer as you have a chat. Yeah. I don't um, – I reckon there's oh, – oh, other than Angela Nath, who I had to do early – I think everyone I've spoken to, there's been a couple of beers. Had a beer, yeah. I'm on the wine, yeah. so I've got a little wine going. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah. Glenn Murray, what a what a cracking time to be chatting to you, young man. Um, for those of you who don't know, Corrupt Vision is where he's at. He's he's arguable, and arguably he's probably the, the premier photographer, videographer. Oh, you're um, pushing it. You're going a bit too far there. No, nah, in triathlon, you are. You are. I mean, <laughs> the artistry that is Delhi Car, we all know and love. Correct. But there's a moving imagery that you're bringing to the table at the moment. That is uh, why we're chatting to you because it's bloody awesome. And Thank just you. because you're a seasoned triathlon veteran, and on the life of Tri, thanks to our beautiful friends at Triathlon Magazine Canada. Um, yeah, we we like to just pick around the edges of different people, but. Um, You've been a long while around the triathlon traps, though. You're no stranger to this caper. Yeah, it's been a fair few years, for, for I suppose for those who might not know. Um, obviously, my wife um, raced professionally for 18, 19 years. So, yeah, I've been following the sport for quite a long time um, <laughs> with with Liz Blatchard following her around the world. And, um, yeah, which gave me, obviously, a lot of opportunities to then move into the, the content side of things. So um thanks for that intro mate i tell you there's a lot of good uh creators and photographers in our sport that i look up to and obviously you mentioned Dali carr um as the man in australia and the man around the world um so yeah it's always good to oh, work alongside people like Dali and Niels and um donald morelli and there's yep. there's so many good people out there and um yeah i, I like i'm yeah, I'm stoked that you asked me to come along, and actually, actually, this is the first time I've done a podcast. So nice. here we go. We're, we're going to we go. we're going to rip just... in. It's just like bosh, boshing down the highway of you, with you and Delhi to Ironman NZ. We'll be <laughs> we'll be having a bit of fun. So yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, I was thinking about that car ride we took back from Talpo, I think, back into Auckland. And I think at one point you were staring for the trees, just like shut up, you two. <laughs> Delhi and I got on a roll that day. I think he was uh, in full flight. And for those who don't know that, when Delhi car gets rolling, it's um, it's a thing of beauty. Um, yeah. So tell me though, who else do you look at? Like when you're looking at, you've dropped a couple of names. Nils Nielsen, obviously, he's I think he's equal. He's right up there as Nils well. Um, very sharp. Donald, yeah. I know he's, Eric Wynn would be another one. Yeah. Um, who else do you like? Is there like as this particular? I mean, and again, you, like talk us through to that sort of pivot from stills to moving. That kind of there's been a real you know push in the last you know five or ten years to that. Yeah, look, I think maybe that's where I 
you know, I started doing video. Um, that's what I started doing and then moved into more stills. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the way social media went now, the, the, the need, you know, from brands to be like, oh, we want, we want you for a photo shoot, but can you do a little bit of video? Or we want you to do a video, but can you produce some stills, you know? And yeah. um, I think for me, it's like learning on the fly at events, you know, when I was going to, to try races and, and mainly World Cup races was like, all right, where can we get to and what can we get around the course and how much can we capture? And um, so, yeah, I, like learning on the fly for me, I think was um, really important and, and really helped me. Um, but then, yeah, like obviously um, we, we, we mentioned those names, Deli and Niels and, and Don, and then um, there's, a, there's another handful of guys, um, Etienne, who's uh, done a lot of work for Specialized Try and, and um, a, a a guy who was working with him for a while, Bryn North, who I don't know if you follow, but uh, an, an amazing editor and videographer. Um, yep. Takes stills as well, but his video editing is 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 right up there. You know, like um, it's really um, it's an art, isn't it? Like you, I, I think I think with photography, I reckon you know, I mean, I, I'm if you look at the the life of Try Insta, right? Like the the fifty people who showed up. <laughs> It's um, it's it's kind of I we just call it meat and potatoes, right? There's not a lot of artistry around. It's just like here's a person on a bike, and that's and and for what we needed at the time because we were sort of that you know that media press kind of race reporting kind of outlet. It's fine because you just you, you whack it up, and there's there's something to it. But you, you can kind of fudge it, like you know. I think yeah. if you sit there, you put your camera on auto full blast and just blast away, you'll find one out of thirty. You'll that get a work. frame, yeah. Yeah. So how does it work then with editing? Like there's a difference, isn't it? Like you can't just – I think the video editing, you've got the eye or you don't. Yeah, look, I think with editing you can you can cover up a lot of bad work for one if you're a good editor. You know, like mm. I always I say to a lot of people when I'm working with them, you know, like you got to think in two-second bits or five-second bits. Like it doesn't have to be a 15-second amazing pan shot of – someone on a bike, you know, and, but if you do get that 15 seconds of amazing pan shot, then obviously you, you use that as well. But, um, yeah, look, I think a good editor, editor, a good videographer, um, can, you know, pick a spot, know what different angles, use different lenses, focal lengths. Um, and then obviously once you, you know, if you, you get into the music, I think there's always been one thing that's attracted me to, video editing and there's one reason why I still love it is like I like putting clips to music and sitting there in my own little world putting my headphones on and (laughs) being in front of the screen and you know you sort of take yourself away a little bit and that's probably a lot from for me watching surfing videos and skating videos when I was growing up as a kid you know it's like yes the the surf surf industry and surf videography has definitely inspired me a lot um for what I do but um yeah good you definitely have to have a good eye, yes. Um, and is that what you're? I mean, that's what you're bringing, though, isn't it? I mean, I look at like you know, you look at guys like Jamie O'Brien and 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 that crew who operate out of um, Hawaii, and his clips pulling out a board out of a car they make look good. Which yeah. you know, you like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that looks bloody unreal. He's also a very good entertainer, just as he, when he talks, you know, and that yeah, that yeah, obviously his vlogs massive, so that sells it too. That that helps. Um, it and it's in Hawaii and, you know, like it's beautiful. And so, yeah. 
they're always going to get good imagery and he's dumb enough to do stupid shit like putting <laughs> down waves and stuff like that. If you haven't seen, just check him out. He's fun. If you yeah. don't even not like surfing, he's just fun to watch because he's a complete kook, yeah. but he's funny to watch. And there's, um, there's people like just full-time vlogging, hey. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. Um, it's not it's not crazy. I suppose it's entertainment, isn't it? It's the new form of entertainment. But it's legitimate. Like when I when we first started, like our and I go back to you know four hundred years ago when we first started our little magazine, the first off the bikers, and you know we put up a YouTube channel, and you know it, it didn't get the traction because it wasn't seen as legitimate. Like yeah. now, YouTube's this platform that every cat can get on, and you know before you know it, they've zoomed up to. I mean, yeah. we're saying Jamie O'Brien's a minnow; he's got five hundred thousand followers or something or subscribers. Whereas you look at anyone who's playing Fortnite you know, for a living and they've got 20 million sitting there watching. It's such a powerful tool. You're finding that companies now though are giving you more direction for that kind of work because they want to engage? A bit, a bit. Like I don't even have a, I have a YouTube channel. I don't even use it. I haven't, I've never used it. Mm. Um, I, you know, we started putting Liz's stuff when we were doing that in the early days onto her YouTube and, and I just never, I don't know, I sort of steered away from it and I didn't, I didn't want to do the vlog style stuff. I wanted to do, I, I suppose I inspired, I like wanted to do the stuff that Dally was doing. You know, I wanted to be able to shoot really nice images and um, yeah, following the footsteps of the really good photographers and videographers and not go down the path of like maybe just producing B grade content for YouTube likes, if you know what I mean. Like there's nothing, yeah. wrong, there's, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's definitely, there is a place for that and YouTubers. That has shown us that but that's just I didn't want to I sort of didn't want to go down that path I wanted to maybe create a bit of a different path in in, in my triathlon stuff if you know what I mean but there's so, a lot of horseshit out there though isn't there I mean there's a lot of a lot of stuff that you just go wow you know like well it is, anyone can of- you can have a, a your phone or your GoPro you could just take a phone and a GoPro around with you all day every day and you could create vlogs every day you know yeah but, and is that are you finding like the like Delhi once talked to me about surfing and and he said to me that you know this the fact that gear is so readily available right like you you know you can any kid can go buy ten grand worth of gear if they've got the coin or someone yeah. or mum and dad's foot in a bill and he was saying that you know you get Kelly Slater out to a, a photo shoot an old mate stands behind you just snapping away as well and then he goes and flogs off a bunch of stuff as well yeah yeah that's surely that's got to be the competitions around a lot of things has got to be tough. Well, the competition and it's, you know, like I, in a way I've benefited from the social media boom in a way, you know, I was doing video and doing photos and things sort of, you know, they took off for me. And before I knew it, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this, take this hobby and make it my career, make it full time. Yeah. Um, but now you, you know, you look at what, what's happening with, with TikTok, and I don't know if you've been on it, but it's crazy. And and then you know, and and now Instagram started reels, and you you might have seen some of the. Yeah. I was just making a reel, literally, just while we're waiting for this podcast. Um, you know, but like that's churnable, like turnout content. It's like regurgitate it, put, take fifteen seconds or thirty seconds, and mash it all together, and put in a few transitions and a bit of music, and whack it up, and like do that over and over and over and over again. So it's changing almost again, you know. And so there's so many social media platforms now and, yeah, it's it, it's sort of where do you want 
your direction to be, you know, for, for me. And as I said, I'll go back to like, I want my direction where I want my work to be as, as the best level I can produce. I don't, yeah, I do spit out some content and I have been the last few weeks since Reel started on Instagram. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a really weird, a strange time and interesting time. And um, some brands haven't really picked up on that, on the reels and TikTok yet, and they're staying away from it, um, which I can totally understand. Um, but TikTok also got that really shitty reputation for being this data harvester for China, you know. And again, it's with what old mate cost, hey, yeah. With what Trump's saying as well, yeah. he's going to shut it down and all this sort of stuff. And there was a whole, I mean, you know, when when he says something, people go, oh, "It only matters to Americans." It doesn't. It matters to the world because everyone hears it and then starts questioning it. But um, that aside, um, you know, there's enough people out there with enough kit to just blast away. So it's for sure. Yeah. It's how, how do you stand? That's the, I guess for you guys, it's how, how do you stand, stand out? Like, out? You know, yeah. and we've got to work also, hard, mate. I guess, you got, you got to work hard and you've got to chase hard, you know, like well, who you're working with as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, like, so for me, obviously, up until the last six months, so, you know, the whole of last year, I worked for Ironman Oceania. So all of their events, or most of their triathlon events, um, I worked as lead photographer. And, and a lot of the times I worked alongside with Tim Bradley-Smith as well, who's a great photographer, does a lot yeah. more cycling stuff. But So we'd work together and, you know, you, you'd be set the roles for the day and you'd, you'd just chase hard and you try and produce the best content that you can and, um, you're given a brief, and you, you you work as hard as you can to um, to deliver that brief, and um, and and get new shots. That's the other thing too. I think I posted um, something the other day in a takeover where I was like, well, at Busso where I got a different shot, and I I really it was one of my favourite shots um, because I'd been there, you know, four or five times and shot the course, and I was like, oh, I know if you stand here, you'll get. The, yeah. um, the jetty in the background and if you go out to the far end of the course it's nice and open and yeah you no know, so it's like when you get when you can go to a course and you can see something different and shoot something different and be like oh yeah cool i gotta like that's what that yeah that's what you got to chase if you know what i mean like yeah you know yeah. and delhi's well, like we'll go back to delhi a fair few times i reckon during this <laughs> conversation <laughs> You'll love this, yeah. yeah but he's he's shot everything you know and we've had conversations about that where he stood there and he's like i've shot this yeah. 20 30 30 years in a row you know like so but then and that's hard that's, on, a, on a motorbike and he'll be bloody lying down in a ditch somewhere trying to get that and shot. Zoom by him on the back of your motor you're like what the hell is he doing and yeah. then he shows you afterwards you're like bastard yeah. that's a great shot yeah and that's what you've got to do. You've got to put yourself in those situations where you, you don't think someone else has gone to get a shot, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and yeah. That, that's one thing I love with the water photography for me is like, mm. I know I can, you know, I can go out to Busso, I can free dive and get down to the bottom and I can shoot up at the jetty or wherever it might be. And I know there's, there's not many people in, there's a handful of people in triathlon who can do that, photographers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's obviously heaps of other amazing water photographers who can do that, but it's trying to push to get those sh sort of shots. And then when you have your gallery at the end of the day that you give to Ironman or I post to Insta, it's like there's variety there that people are like, oh, that looks 
that makes me want to go do that race or that looks cool. So that's, yeah. that's you, you know, and you've been to lots of events, you've shot lots of events, you've done media at lots of events, and you've come up with different stuff when you've been doing that media too. So it's constantly thinking about, okay, I'm going to go to this event. What am I going to try and do? Or what, what shot can I try and look for? Oh, I, I missed something last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll go try that shot this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that and takes experience we, 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 too. That takes experience in the game and with the sport. So hence why. It does. And we looked at different things too, though. Like we knew that we didn't have, and we were lucky enough to have Delhi on our team who would give us photos. Um, but we um, we also thought of different things like, you know, bike check-ins and, you know, pro bike galleries, bike weigh-in. The day we did bike weigh-in, <sighs> what race were we at? That was the funniest shit we'd done in forever because we brought out scales. You know what you missed? You should have measured the course. You should have videoed measuring the course. You missed that one. I can't well, believe I, I can't believe you didn't get that one. I was so whiny about courses. Always, not always. There's world records being broken every weekend. But oh, weren't they just on a 176 kilometer bike course? No yeah. one measured the course. No, I, we could we, do that. We should do that one day. Oh, you know what? We, the, ne- the we definitely need a six pack of beer, maybe more, but. <laughs> the bike weigh in when we bought it out, oh, you've never seen pros ditch water bottles <laughs> after that ever. They're like, oh shit, I this field and that field. They were dirty, but it was so much fun. Um, I, don't, I don't know who won it. I have no idea who won it. I post half my photos not knowing. You know, I remember sitting next to Phil Anderson one day on a VIP um, night down at the Amy Gillett Foundation. And I was asking about Tour of Flanders and this and that. He goes, oh, I don't know, mate. Sure, if you're telling me it's true, it's true. <laughs> I think he'd been to that many races. He's kind of uh, let it sag. But it's um, the water work you do, though, is awesome. I mean, that must be a real kick, though, like going under and watching that. Yeah, it's it, – oh, mate, I, you know, we, we both surf and um, you live down the surf coast, a, a beautiful part of the world. And I, yeah, I think being in the water, whether it's at, at a triathlon event um, – or just being out the front here taking images, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's it's sort of like the second home, you know, being yeah. in the water. But, yeah, being able to go, like, Busso's amazing. Um, yep. Do you I, ever get spooky at Busso? No, no, nah, nah, no way. Because no. I'm work. I'm, it's like I don't have time. I yeah. I, I, like, I don't have time at Busso to think about any fish. I'm like, I'm just going. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm going to get this image and, like, Al, Al, you know, Brownlee and the guys are coming. I want to be under the water. It's like, I'm not, yeah. there's no time to muck around. So, and I just, just yeah, anyhow, we won't go, we won't go down the shark attack. No, because I watched, but, have you seen the footage of that, um, the French woman who swims with that monster, great white? I was watching that this afternoon. Somehow it appeared on Twitter and it's a 20 footer and she's just swimming along next to it, patting it. And I'm like, I, I went for a, like a, um, a dusk surf tonight, and I just thought, I gotta stop watching this before I go out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just every bit of seaweed. I'm like, oh, yeah. what was that? What was that? Yeah, look, I think being under the water is better. I, I think being under the like, I'll def, I'm, yeah, I'm the same you. as you. Like, if I'm surfing out the front and it's you know late afternoon and cloudy and that, you do you you think about it because it's what's been bred into us. That's why there's so much fear around sharks. But yeah. I feel like being under, you know, like if I'm diving on reefs and, um, you know, we dive out at Julian Rocks here, out at Byron and that, and I don't know, I just feel like when you're under and you're with them, it's, and they do say that, it's like that's yeah. the best if you're on this eye level with a shark and you're looking at it, 
and it's coming towards you, that's the best place to be. You, you don't want to be up on the top waiting for it to like <laughs> launch you into the stratosphere, splash <laughs> you into next week. So, <laughs> well, in winter here too, we're wearing hoods, gloves, yeah. and booties, and black wetsuits. I mean, what are we? What are we trying to do? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. There used to be that gag we used to make it. Um, me and Beaumont, who was a he's a long time caller at Ironman yep. Western Australia, Straight Simon, yeah, and we'd walk out to that Carbo dinner when they used to have them. And we'd make all the gags about, oh, don't worry about the sharks here in Western Australia. They only go after people who look like seals. And on the back of it, you know, we'd flash up a photo of a person in a wetsuit, ha ha. And then one year they came to us and just said, you can't, can't just know. No, you, just no. Like, you know, Delhi got a shot of a inflatable shark on the side of the road on that, the day when the, when oh. Paso Swim got cancelled. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he, he, yeah, any, I, I, I don't, hey, think, um, I don't think it went anywhere with that. But yeah, I do love being under the water, and yeah. it's it, mate. It's a great. It's a, one of the best parts of triathlon. That's why it's triathlon because it's a swim, and we can put it in like pristine water and lakes, and hopefully we just keep doing swim, bike, run. So yeah, it was you the know? um. Tell I mean, people don't get seventeen hours for an Ironman. That's that's a long time. But when you're working an Ironman, and I reckon I don't know how many I worked hundred, but it, it's not a lot of time, is it? It's frantic that day. It is pretty frantic. Hey, you're right. And by the time you have to like get to the finish line to shoot the pros, if, if that's, you know, on p- part yep. of the brief, yep. you, sometimes you're like, oh, man, I wish I could have got a few more shots or can I yep. go back out? But then you shoot the, the male winners and, and the female winners and then you've got to do some editing to get some stuff out. And then before you know it, it's sunrise or sunset. It's not sunrise. It's been, Golden been a long day. So you need to rush back out to shoot that and then into the finish line to shoot a little bit of stuff at night and then before you, that's eight o'clock and then you're like yep. back into edit again, try and get some food. Yep. It does go, you're right, it, it does go pretty quick. And that's the whole thing we got like going back to before where I was saying you've got to hustle to get those images and it is, it's a it's a hustle for, you know, from four-ish, 4.30 in the morning when you get up and you get yeah. to the venue you know, all the way through to that, I suppose probably that section for us as photographers is that, that eight, nine o'clock where it's probably still really busy in the finish line, but we've got a heap of images, Yeah, you know, we're trying to edit, uh, get a bit of food and then go back and, and shoot a little bit more, um, you know, into the you know, nine to 10 to 11 o'clock or whatever, and then try and go home and turn the lights off. That's the hard thing after a day like that. It's yeah, really hard to sleep. Yeah, it's and I, I think it's I think wherever you are, I mean, we started again like just it used to be you'd go down to the media center, and you'd do your stuff there. It got to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm that I'm going to sit and edit my underpants, <laughs> and I can't do that in a media center. So back yeah, up to the go room. Back to the room. Yeah. yeah, where you just do that in Hawaii though, it's different because yeah. Hawaii there's a lot you can do, you know post-race yeah and once the top five dudes come in and top five women it's kind of like well you know no one really cares who came eighth or yeah you know they want the stuff from the day so Kona is a lot different though isn't it in terms of just do you find it harder to get around and just harder full stop to to cover oh Kona's yeah it depends on like I've, I've had a lot of uh I sort of work freelance there now um in Kona, like I, I worked obviously for the magazine when 
Oztry was still yep. going around, but the last couple of years I've just been working freelance. Um, so yeah, like I've been shooting for a few athletes. Um, I, I did obviously shoot some stuff for Ironman Oceania. Um, and then yep. I did a bit of video as well. And then even the, the last couple of years I've, I've had some video jobs for clients. So after I've shot the images of all the pro race and done the editing and stuff, and then maybe gone out to the energy lab for um, sunset, I've had little video jobs in amongst um, some of that stuff as well for clients. So um, either they'll, you know, we want that we want some, you know, nighttime finish line stuff or different requests. So yeah, they've, they've been, yeah, Kona's pretty, we've been a pretty massive thing for me the last few years. Like I normally spend, you know, almost a whole month there and, and that would be, oh mate, I'd be doing 16, 17 hours of work every day probably all day, every day for that three or four weeks. And, wow. and I'm fortunate that I like, I'm not complaining about that. It's like, it's time, it's time to hustle, you know, and, yeah. and I'm glad I've got that much work. And, and even if I don't have jobs on during some days, I'm hustling to get B-roll for other jobs or that I can use at other time, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's a, it, it kind of, kind of hasn't been, I suppose the first couple of years I went there, it was joy because I was working a little bit, but Liz was racing and she was doing well. Um, yep. But for me now, Kona is, yeah, sweat and yeah. sweat <laughs> and like dumping stuff to hard drives and editing on the fly and yeah, yeah. yeah and Kona, I, I love yeah. it. It's it's what it's what, what we what we do. What what I want to do, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's you, you know what it's like. It, it, it's, it's horrible. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's stupid intense. shit you got to go and yeah. do. Like the bike check in, like. Yeah, well, I don't oh, do. I don't have to do any of that stuff. So yeah. See, I remember standing there at bike check in and talking to Herbert Crable, which you know you don't get that time back. And um, because, <laughs> sorry. Herbert. Um, no, he we I think he just he got on a soapbox one afternoon and wow, he he went. Um, but yeah, like the bike check in where you stand there, right, where everyone you know, if you don't know this, the, the day I know, before, yeah, I know, I know what it, yeah. Yeah, people maybe not. They rack pros come rack their bikes, and all the media hang around because they want to see photos of their bikes and the pros and blah blah blah. And it's kind of like this red carpety thing, and it's hot, sweaty, shitty late afternoon. You stand there from anywhere from midday all the way through to you know six o'clock, where when they close the transition area, Lava Magazine used to always do their gear count. Mm. You know what wheels, what what frames, what was the winner, and Cervelo would always clean that one up. Yeah. Um, and and then you'd sort of have to go back, as you said, you've got to go back and process. And then, you know, the next day, like you've got to be down at the Undy run. And then you've got to be at the, you know, at Digme Beach where they're doing the, you know, you might spot a pro or two. And then you've got a few other things to get done. And it's just this constant walking up and down elite drive to one meeting to the expo, to the hotel to meet Crowy and see his bike, to back to this, to go and watch Pete Jacobs get a uh-huh. massage and talk to him. And it's just this. Yeah. Nuts! It is know? nuts. It is nuts. And I, and I think everyone's in. It is fun as hell. Well, you just got to, you just got to accept that it's going to be nuts and it's going to be hard work. And you know that the, the pros that are going there to race to win that thing have they've been doing the hard work for freaking years and they're ready to. Yeah. So for for us, like you always, yeah, just go go there and dig in and get on with it. Hey, I do. I I, I, I really I I do like it's a, it is a crazy race and a. Yeah, triathlete. Yeah, triathletes there are 
sometimes off their head. <laughs> they're mental. But, they're mental. But how I, ripped I, are they? If, oh. if pros had to try and get a podium spot for how fit they look, they wouldn't even get in the top 100. <laughs> yeah, but look, Frodino, he's a, he's a specimen, you know. Yeah, but he's but, one of the few. Like the, a lot of the dudes you see and you're like, oh, that's him. Wow, he doesn't look anything like a pro. <laughs> but then come race day, they tear the lid day. off it, you know. Hoff's calves. Pretty impressive. Yeah, impressive. I mean, yeah. you look at Quadzilla, whatever his name is, Starkowitz, that clown. You look at him, and you know, like uh, I'm just filled. I asked I know him to come on the podcast. He said no. Really? Um, well, you oh, know. you would have got some good content from Starkey, surely. Well, well I can you I can blow up if you want. If be like Starkey. Tell some people. To, yeah. No, like he, I sort of asked him one question and then I would have just left the room for an hour, you know, so it's yeah. not bad. Um, you've been working though with a few of the Aussie pros at the moment, I noticed. Um, yeah. I see a lot of stuff coming up from the likes of the Burkle and Timbo Reed. Yep. Um, not too shabby athletes getting around. Both have had magical days here and there. Um, how's that been? And, and is it sort of – you know, I guess at the moment it's a bit of a gap filler for, for what's going on in the world. Yeah, like obviously two great lads to work with and you, you know them um, work quite well as well. So, yeah, the, the boys are just down the road um, from us here now, so 20 minutes or so. And I've, and I've always done a bit, um, obviously with Burks and a little bit with Reedy, um, with working with – I do some stuff with Giants. I've done a lot of stuff with Burks and then obviously we've been in Boulder together um, a fair few times when um, Liz was over there training and stuff. So, so I've known the boys for quite a long time, but it, it's definitely been this last, you know, four or five months. It's probably been a bit of a saviour, um, a little bit for me personally and um, professionally having the boys down the road, and uh, yep. maybe I've helped them a little bit as well. And we've we've spoken about this. Obviously, we we do get together for a fair few beers here and there. Um, yes. Which is that. which is which is the good thing, you know. Like um, socially, we we get along quite well, and you know we'll go for a little mountain bike ride or or do whatever. But yeah, like having you know, I do a lot of work uh, for Reedy personally, but then also for quite a lot of his sponsors. Um, oh, mate, it's just a it's a good it's a good tie, and I've always wanted I've always liked working with the professional athletes in the sport. And I think it's always what I've yep. tried to do because. Um, and even if they're the, the lower level professionals when they come in, I, I like to try and work with them and help them and showcase them because, as you know, there's not a crap load of prize money in the sport. Um, but, yeah, have, having the boys down the road has been awesome. We've been, you know, trying to look after each other and support each other through everything that's going on. It's like weekly, is this race going to go on? Is that race going to go on? Can we go to Queensland? You know, Kona's not a – you know, like all this stuff, it's like the, the roller coaster of what, COVID is for everyone in the world. Um, yep. So it's it, it's been good in that little tri-bubble to, to do some stuff with Reading Burks. And we've done some pretty fun stuff over the last few months. We went and did this really sick gravel ride that, that the boys did and we filmed that and got a heap of content from that. And then obviously off the back of that, I picked up a bit of work with some stuff and um, I had a fair bit of stuff to do with Burks, with Giant. Um, so we did a couple of videos early and then, I don't know, we just like, I normally try and put a fair bit of time into whatever video I'm doing to get different looks on different days and stuff. But 
because all the events were finished, I was just like, oh, Burks, let, let's go, let's go chase sunset today, or let's go do this, and you know, so we we, we probably shot an extra lot four or five times more than we normally would. And of course yep. we'd have a couple of beers afterwards. So that was also a bit of a social distancing distancing meetup and have, yep. have get some content and um and yeah, so the boys have been mate, they're great lads. They're they're and, and they're great good, athletes. So I I would yeah. They are I mean you're you you're dead right. They're good fellas. I mean again you've got a I reckon half the bit like I worked with a um when we were doing a lot of work, we worked with a guy out of Sydney who was just this amazing dude. He was this quiet little bearded dude and he'd just disappear for a day and come back with shotting after having shot the most amazing Ironman stuff. Um, you know, and you just, you, you really, and every time he interacted with someone, he was a complete pro. It was awesome. And that's really important, isn't it? I mean, if you don't, if you're the guy shooting them and your pros are a complete tool or you just, you know, you're not feeling it with them or things like that, the product's not going to be as good. Yeah. And look, maybe, that's one thing that's helped me throughout my career is obviously knowing a fair few of the athletes that I've worked with. Um, as I was starting to do the video stuff with Liz and, you know, starting out and, and, you know, working my way through it. And Timmy Don was one example. We spent a lot oh, yeah, of time yeah. with, with Donnie. And um, yeah. so we've, we've, we've become really good friends over the last 10 or 10 or 15 years. And, so, you know, as I was starting to find my feet with a few things, there was a couple of little things that Donnie got me to do with him and a few of his sponsors and, and that all just helped, you know, and it, it sort of rolled on and, um, you know, even as when we did the cupcakes stuff back in Boulder, yes. like, you know, Cal would, Cal had all these ideas and I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll get, I'll get this pro and we'll get them to come in and da, da, da. So I was like, you know, helping him organize who we, who we'd video and da, 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 but Mate, just a lot of – there's a lot of great people in the sport. Um, and Tell me about those cupcakes, though. I'm in, this, for those who didn't know, I mean, Callum Millwood, who was a New Zealand pro, decided to bring out a little video chat show, which was just – he was – He's good. He's dry, he's, dry humour. Yeah. It was a real um, – All the, the Kiwis are all – most of them I, are very similar. Like they're that. bloody good people. They are. They're onto it. Yeah, they they are. They've got a great sense now, of humor. Some of the stuff he did though was <laughs> we got like real risky. We got whacked once or twice, but the stuff with Jody Swallow, I still remember that. Like the opening of that was like Jesus, dude. Yeah, there was some, there was a, a, few, a few good calls. I looked back through some stuff the other day, and I, I posted a little thing to my reels of one of the ones um, <clears throat> that we did in, when we did Kona and. He's, uh, we went and we went to, out to Meredith. Um, she was staying out the Madalani and he's like, I'm going to put myself all in shaving cream and I'm going to like get Meredith to knock on the, like, I'm going to pretend I'll go to the toilet, you know, and I'll, I'll get her to come and knock on the door and be like, Oh, Kelly, you're all right. And then when she opens the door, he's like just fully covered head to toe in shaving cream. And he was, he's like fully like from the waist up over his head, face, eyes, everything. And it was just, there was some good, yeah, some fun times and, um, so the the, we, the Kiwi ones we did. There's one there with we did with Brownie and Dylan McNeese and Carl Reed, and there's some funny shit like the the high performance yeah. the Kiwi high performance. There, I think those two one the first one we did was probably one of the real early ones. Um, and yeah. Mark Bostead, James Bostead, um, yeah, they were in it. It was it was 
it was pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. I'll, I'll probably will post a couple more of those little things to my reels. And I've, yeah. I've said to Callum, like, heaps, I'm like, we should do stuff. And every time I post or we post stuff about it, everyone's like, oh, why don't you keep doing that stuff? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, and this is the thing. And, and, and one thing I wanted to chat to you about was like the track on media. It's like, we, we could, I could produce that stuff all the time, but it's like, who, who, Who's going to pay you for it? You know what I mean. That, and that's where we are, man. Like we we had um so we had Try Cafe. This is fucking hell. This is going back <laughs> some years. Try Cafe was me, Daniel Hoy, and Doc Anderson. Um, Hoy was the he was a um, end up being head of media. I know Dan. Yeah, I mean, good, good yep. unit. Yep. Doc was a raconteur and um, <laughs> very loquacious. I know the Doc loquacious. quite well. We're saying, yeah, doc, and good, good citizen, and um, <laughs> my good self, and we ran it out of a bakery, um, in Melbourne, but it was a nine to eleven minute triathlon show, and um, we had so much fun with it, and it was, I thought at the time, I thought it was good, and it was quick, and it was you know consumable, but you're exactly right. After the bakery had kicked us loose on sponsorship it was like well who's gonna, who's pay, gonna for pay for it yeah because it's not just you know it, it it's not just us sitting down for nine oh yeah do it in nine minutes it's the travel to get there yeah it's the sit down it's the do it it's the ip you bring to it it's the leaving it's the editing, editing. It, yeah yeah know, it's i mean it's a day full days worth of work yeah and you Maybe go well more. okay if i think i'm worth x amount an hour it's this much and yeah. you know doc's a pro he's got to make money we and we didn't we made a bit of money but nothing yeah, to write home about. Um, you know, Dan's a journo expertise. W- w- what's that worth? And and that's where triathlon, you, I think, yeah. really struggle. Can you Is, can you see that changing though? Like we've both been in it for a long, long time now, and and you know, like I, you know, once Oz Tri Magazine died, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, there's a fair yeah. bit of my bread and butter to get the races and stuff. And yeah. you know, luckily for me, I was you know switched over to working for for Ironman at most of the events in the last year or so. But, yep. you know, how how long, how many of these websites and stuff can survive? In your opinion, you don't have to go too deep on this one, but a bit of a question for you because. <laughs> I like it. Look, I think we're, I think we're, okay, so I spoke to Steph Hansen about this and she's been running Wits Up for a decade and she said it's week to week some days. So you can tell how razor thin everyone's margins are and, and no one's, you know, we sold first off the bike and I, I, I'm i not sitting on the back of a boat. If I'd sold a AFL, NFL, mm. you know, rugby, something, a site of the size that we had, we would have made 10 times as much. Yeah, It's just not a lot of money. I think though, I think some of the things that the PTO are doing are okay. Um, again, everyone sort of questions and they're rightly so because of the track record. I think it's probably in better hands than it ever has been, which is saying something, which is good. Yeah. Um, but if you – who's we explain this to? If you explain the sport to someone, to a sponsor, and you go, the sponsor says, okay, so tell me about triathlon. You go, oh, yeah, well, they do this. Too- who's the world champion? Or who's the best in the world? And you go, I don't really know. There's no rankings. Well, when do they race? Well, he'll race once every four months. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, who's – well, there's a – private company that runs the world championship and then there's another company that competes against that company for the right and yeah. you sound like a dickhead yeah 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 so if you've got like a big company like I, you know who doesn't know the sport but they're interested in trying to find a niche play 
I reckon we're up against it because it doesn't get a lot of TV time or you can't explain the sport because it's so fractured. The only guys who've got legitimate claim on anything is really the ITU. Yeah, 100%. The ITU is still the the benchmark and and where it's the true world championship. Yes, Kona is a true world championship, 100%, Ironman. Yep. Um, But the ITU, the way it's put together, um, it's – the, the governing body really of the sport yeah and yeah yeah look i i almost think you know i miss that era with welshy and alan and you know all those guys yeah. and when they used to race sprint olympic half ironman you know they'd race just the iconic races around the world you know chicago triathlons or um st croix and you know they, yeah, they do kona and they do the yeah. And, and I almost think, like, if the sport could go back to that and in some shape or form that, you know, the mix of ITU and long course guys could come together somewhere and, you know, race against each other all, all the time and there was big money on it, I, I still feel that's the easiest then to sell to, uh, in my opinion, to a big corporate sponsor because it's like, all right, this is the this is the format. This is what the guys do. These are the best triathletes in the world. Yeah. Not, they are his Super League, his ITU, his Challenge, his yeah, his Collins his, Cup, his, his Collins this, Cup, his, his that. It's yeah. like, oh god, it's also, and I get all these people. But I look, get all these people are trying to further the sport. I'm not diminishing. Yeah, I 100 percent agree with you too. Yes, they're all trying yeah. their best. Yeah. And I think the PTO is actually going, well, okay, let's pay some athletes and let's try and, you know, organize that. But you, you've seen this too from the pro side of things. There's too many triathlon pros in the world. If Way you and many. I want to go and surf at the WSL events, as amazingly good a surfer as I am, I'm not going to get near it. No. You know, I, because I'm not a pro. I've said to a lot of people the way that the WSL is set up is a really good format if you look at it, yeah. you know, surfing in general. Um, you know, they've got the eight majors that gives them a world title in great destinations around the world. They've got yep. the second tier level underneath, which is yep. um, the qualifying series and the qualifying yep. series, it mixes over, you know, halfway through the year or three quarters of the way through the year, you know who's going to qualify into the major leagues the next year. Um, yep. And then it's got the level, you know, the, the levels down below that, the one-star events or the local events here. Um, Which yeah. what they should be doing for Ironman is going, well, okay, this is a one-star Ironman or it's a five-star or, you know, there's more coin here or if you're not of a certain level, you don't get yeah. to the big races. You just don't. Oh, but I really want to race it. Well, yeah, that's professional sport, sport. right? Like not yep. everyone can get there. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I've said that, yeah, we've had obviously – conversations with heaps of people about this before and look the ITU have done a, a, an amazing job over all the years I've been watching it you know yep, like, I, I tip my hat to them and they've kept it going and the sport at Olympic level I think is in great hands I don't agree with some of the sprint racing staff and nah. but that's just me um you, you know like I, I, I feel like the ITU could have started a Formula One style of series as a little lead in you know but yeah I, I don't know maybe there's the french grand prix and bundesliga and all these other things to compete against so definitely itu um sits right up there um but they sit up there with everything don't they they sit up there yeah. with 
the, the television production. Yeah. They sit up there with, and again, they're smart because yeah. they make their courses looped and so it's easy to film and you've got fixed cameras and it's just, it's it all works, yeah. right? And it's a short race sure. and they can back up week yeah. after week. So a lot of things play. And there's a the full field of females on the start list all the time. They yeah. get paid the equal it's, money. It's like, and it's yeah. been that way for 20, 30. It's like, it's yeah. pretty, yeah, they've done really, really well. Like if you compare that to what's happening in the, the rest of the sport maybe, but even in other sports, you know, the equality in it. And um, I've always said, you know, like the ITU, if you if you give females the same opportunity to race with the same money, then you'll get full fields. Yeah. You know, eventually you'll get more and more people coming in to do that race and the, and the level will lift up, you know, like, yeah. and, and I've, I've gone out and trained with my wife and Moffy and, and Riffy and stuff like that on the bike all the time, and mate, they're damn legit, you know, like put guys to, to shame. So it's definitely, you know, maybe the, the women's AFL and stuff like that needs a bit of time. I have this argument with my dad all the time. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Like give them, pay them good money, let them, like give them five years to train hard and play hard and watch the level go from where it is now to the next to the next level you know uh, that's my opinion in a way we'd probably go you know, I, I, a little bit but no no we're perfectly on track mate this is the <laughs> whole life of try mate we just pull threads this is um you're right i know I, I i like the itu i i fear and you're right I, I fear for the you know for the ironman for ironman races when yeah you show up to a women's field and there's like two women on the or three racing or five and two of them you've never heard of and it just all, yeah, I don't know, it just all smacks. And I, as an age group, had never, ever picked a race based on what pro was racing. I couldn't care. It was always a nice side. But also the thing about triathlon is that fans don't show up to watch the pros. Fans show up to watch their mates and the pros are aside. Yeah. Which will show you how much, yeah. I mean, and as you said, Fredino. The, IT, and, and the, the ITU, the boys are- they show up to watch the race. Yeah. That's, yes. in Ironman, it's, you're right, it's friends and family. But mm. and and even even for Ironman, there's a lot of people in the sport who have been racing for a long, long time, who do go to you know they're they're, they're not they're watching the pros, but they're also watching their team, their club mates, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, yeah I get what you I I know what you mean. It's not drawing, yeah, crowds. To watch. I've, I've never seen anyone show up with a crowy t-shirt. Just just saying, you know, yeah. like well, there's no merch, there's no stands, there's no. The <laughs> With a crowy t-shirt. I wear a crowy like, t-shirt. Um, Crowy's a freaking yeah. legend, mate. Mate, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, he should be. They, you know, the the battles he that should, him exactly. He, he should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it, he there should have been so should have been retired different. ten years ago, just sitting on like I don't know yeah. waterfront property and Bell Clues or something like that. Like, well, that's it, isn't it? Like the <laughs> when triathlon pros retire from the sport, they go to work. Yeah. Well. On that, like that's Liz has just started teaching, so she's nice. got back into um, back into work in the last few months. So, yeah, it is. I tell it's, you what, she, your your other half, boy, she could race most. Even her and Luxford always so even very, on a course. They're just yeah, yeah. unflappable. Just that admirable the way they went about it. Those two, unbelievable. I know yeah. Luxie's still around, but yeah, Liz, good. there was a pretty really good period of Australian females there. Like if you. Mm. Yeah, like from when McKeeley and then, like, the, yep. the, there was, eight, they're all, and they're almost all front pack too, like Loretta and Nikki Hackett, and then, yeah, then Liz and Bella, and 
Pip Taylor and you, if you throw Leander Cave in there, who's sort of Aussie and <laughs> Snowy, and then Moffy. It's like, yeah. and Snowy and Moffy, like, I reckon when Moffy was at her best, she was the best swim bike run athlete across the board in the world, you know, like, if you, oh, yeah. if you went off time trial start, I don't think anyone was getting near her. But they all learnt. They learnt how to ride, swim, bike, and run from early days, you know. And I think that that style of racing, the Formula One, helped that a lot. You know, like look at the guys who raced. Crowey's one of them. He's mm. in that Formula One. Um, yeah, that raced for so many years. You know, Luke raced that. Even like so many guys, so many Aussie guys, they cut their teeth in that Formula One series and had some good sponsors and dollars over the Australian summer and then they could go off and race around the rest of the world. Whereas the guys now, they can't they can't do that. You know, no. unless they've got a bit of funding and they're up at the AIS, I, I could be wrong, but it's I reckon it's freaking hard for them now. Like until they can get into the, the ITU racing where they can be top 15 in almost every race they go to, so then they're making money, prize money at that race plus the bonus pool. And then maybe, you know, like, few you know few races for a french grand prix team and hit you know yep. this that and the other but there's no you, you can't do what the guys did in australia 10 15 years ago you can't do that now no. and they were no and you look at you, you talk to welshie for any for five minutes and he'll tell you how much they raced and as you said yeah. a lot of those usts races when they were racing with those olympic distance non-drafting like the Chicago's and that of the world and, you know, racing around after, you know, Mark Allen and Molina and Mike Pig and Jimmy Riccatello and all that whole crew, you know, from the eighties, um, Tinley and all that. But it's, it's so different now. There's so few of those races around that you can actually get out there and, and do. Um, They're almost all gone. Now hey, everyone's... All, all those classics are gone. Yeah. It's really we, sad. And... It's like if Noosa went, you'd be like, Oh, yeah. That was an amazing race. It's like Chicago try, LA try, St. Yeah. Croix, um, yeah. you know, St. Anth- I think St. Anthony still might, might still be going, but like St. Anthony's is. Yeah. I remember St. Croix was known for the beast, the big yeah. climb, you know, like it was, that was what you'd get the magazines yeah. back in the day. You'd get a, you know, you'd get a magazine of it and just watch them, you know, see the photo of them going up that climb all the time. It was this epic thing. It It seems that we've, watered that down a little bit too because pros are reluctant to race as much as the the older yeah. guys who would race at the drop of a hat it seems that sports science has got its teeth into how much you can possibly race in a year and and maybe that's also a factor yeah well look i think and nothing against like crowey and rinney did it really well to race to win kona do you know what i mean it was yep. like do one eye man get through it get around and then set the rest of the season up to win Kona. And, you know, like, Jan, Jan's pretty much, he's on that same path, and a lot of guys are. And I don't I don't begrudge anyone. Like, if you can win win Kona, then that's that's setting you up, you know? So, yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot to be said for maybe just racing one or two hard Ironmans for the year. There's a lot of people out there who are like, well, especially for guys, they can, they can only run really one hard marathon for for the year yep. off the bike and they should save that for for Kona, you know. So but then that you know, people prove you wrong all the time, you know, like this guy's racing two weeks, three weeks before Kona to even to qualify for the following year, you know, and then go on to Kona yep. and have a 
having a great race. So, um, yeah, I, I, the sport's definitely gone in all different directions. And I, I, I feel like when you lose history in the sport, then that's a that's a real bad thing. So it's like if the ITU changed, in my opinion, if they changed the Olympics to a sprint, yeah, I'd be like, well, hang on a minute. We've just set up this sport around an Olympic distance yeah. and we've got history from Sydney through to now and now we want to, we want to take a fifteen hundred meter swim, which is the the prize of the swimming pool. You know, a forty k time trial, which is close to you know one of the prizes of cycling at the Olympics, and a ten k run. It's like it's the premium events, and now yeah. you want to cut it in half. It's like, well, we want to do half the job. So that's to me, history is really important. And that going back to those events, it's like, you know, if some of those events were still around and we were still racing them and they were the, the holy, you know, the, the those eight, like the World Surf League, you know, if that was the the G-Land or the Bells Beach, you know, and you were going to yeah. St. Croix still and everyone was going over to St. Croix, I, I think that would have been great for the sport. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like you with that. I think the course in the Olympics, they, you know, like London Olympics was just boring. It was boring. God, mm. gouge my eyes out. But then Rio had a bit more to it. It's just picking the right course. So you can still have yeah. an entertaining Olympic distance race sure. if the course is right. Because then – and this is why it baffles me how – and they've changed it this year. We were just chatting about it off air. The ITU doing a single-day championship is, for me, like that is so exciting. I am on the edge wanting to see that versus this grand final where three dudes can get it and maybe two women and it's just, ugh, you yeah. know, like – Remember, Pete Robinson yeah. made a, a, a career out of those come from the clouds win. Yep. It's so exciting. Why running, f- running with his bike on his shoulder through T2. Just, <laughs> did you, do you remember that? Down the field yeah. in, in Queenstown, yeah. just dumping his bike and boosh. Well, Gamagori, you know, where he was yeah, off the front. 14 days smoke. prior to Gamagori, he was on the couch watching TV and then. Yeah, he's winning the world title. Yeah, and he runs fifteen meters, twenty meters in front of him the whole run, and they just can yeah. never get him back. <laughs> so good, and that's you know you think about a world championship road race too. Everyone at the start of the day is going, yeah, man, this could go anywhere. But yeah. if there's yeah. only four dudes who can win because of points accumulation, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, you look, know? I think that world championship series is 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 awesome. But yeah, I do agree with you that the the thrill of the one day world champion, which opens it up to, you know, the guy who's been fifth all year, you know, he could still win a world title. And I think that's, that's sport. Like that's what we love about sport. Correct. It's like, and the Olympics is that, right? The Olympics yeah, is Yeah, the like, Olympics is that, 100%. You know, it's like, for sure. What makes you, Olympics? You've got to get to the Olympics and be fit and toe the line and deliver yeah. it on one day, you know? Correct. You've got two hours of peak physical work in four years to get it right. Who doesn't love that? I mean, it's even – and then you dial that back for every year, as you said. You know, you're standing on the start line. You could be the 30th guy, the last guy in, yeah. but you've got a shot at winning. It's yeah. awesome. You know, you could walk off as the um, as the world champion at the end of the day. It's very it, cool. Yeah, it is cool. And I think that's the era that I sort of started watching through when Liz was racing and, you know, if I look at the, the guys and, and even the female race, you know, like guys like – Whitfield and, and Doherty and Yarn and Timmy Don and yeah. oh, oh, Gemmell, the, oh, 
I could throw like another five or ten names in there. Like if they were on the start line, you, you could think, oh, yeah, I reckon this person's going to win. But you really didn't know, you know. There was that many good guys, you know, Robbo and Greg Bennett and, you know, mm-hmm. throw some of the Aussies in there as well. Akko, yep. like there's, yep. there was all these names where it was just like, oh, here we go. This could go anyway. On paper, I think this person's yeah. going to win, but that's not always how it went. So, um, and and I really like that about the ITU racing. You know, um, yeah, it just it's just better. I don't know how you fix Ironman racing. I don't know how you bring together PTO, how you bring together Challenge, and how you bring together Ironman. I don't understand how you would even start that, or yeah. how you ratify that. It's a it's a too big a job for it to ever work, I think, 100% well or to be, you know, funneled into something that you call a series or a season or, a, you know, like if you someone says to you, who's the world number one? You go, I don't know, Fredino, I guess, but I'm, you know, speculating because yeah. he hasn't gone through a season. And, again, you can't, you know, the sport itself is its own worst enemy because, as well, you said. I still, I would, I would still challenge anyone to tell me different that Yarn's not the best. Oh, he's I, the best I, pro. Ironman racer the over the last, yeah. Yeah, five years. I, you know, he's, if he's if he's on the line and he's fit, I, he, he's stand out the best. So, yeah. and Daniela Daniela has proved that as well on the women's side. But are they the best triathlete in the world? Well, you know, I I would say the person who's towing the line with sixty blokes, you know, every once a month around the world, who's winning. You know, mm. when Alistair was winning, like almost every race he was going in is like that is the person who I would classify as the best traffic. Yeah. And it almost, to me, seems like a 70 point, a legit 70.3 series is the sweet spot because the ITU group can get up, yeah. the Ironman guys can get down, yeah. and you can recover well enough to do five in a year. Yeah. You know, it's that's the other thing. It's like not like the PGA where you're swinging a golf club for, you know, you're swinging the wrenches for the weekend and then – a week later, you're back doing it again. They yeah. can have multiple events, multiple yeah. televisions. NBA play ninety something thousand games a year. Yeah. NFL's playing eighteen games a year. It's yeah, you know, it is it, the injury thing in, in the sport, isn't it? That is mm. obviously a hard one. But yeah, and, and I agree. I can't see why we there couldn't be a couple of sprint F one races into Olympic into like a you know like two third half and a half. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. the guys just work through the season and they know that it's going to get longer or do it the opposite way around you know have it have the long stuff at the start so they can train base miles come in do a half and then cut it down you know and da, 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 da. and then the last races for the year are the uh, are, are your fun like dash for cash stuff you know and then yep yeah uh, and you've still a, got kona you've got to be a way to package it in a way but yeah kona is the obviously the spanner in the works for yeah <laughs> But as you said, you you offer enough. Again, if you the package is right, you offer oh, enough money. Blah blah blah. Yep. Pros will show up. Yep, hundred percent. You know they're going to be there. Um, I do notice too, though. I, I'm going to segue back to your AV setup. Um, I do notice you flying the drone around a bit. How um, has it? Yep. Has that been a fun uptake oh. of skilling? Has it? Have you been shot out of out of the sky yet? No, or I haven't, it, haven't been shot out of the sky. Um, I. Yeah, I, I like I, I got a, one of the first um, DJI drones well, ages ago, real big, you know, the, the Inspire one, and was flying that around for a while, and it was huge. Like if you think about what what where the drones have gone over yeah. the last 
five, six years, it's pretty amazing. But yeah, I, I like it. It's obviously great for, for video work and um, yeah, it's amazing the stills you can get. Um, so yeah, it's definitely become um, a part of what I take around. And then when when I work for Ironman, only when I work for Ironman and I'm, I'm accredited and we've got the drone registered is that, that I fly the drone for Ironman races. Yeah. Um, unlike some other people who have flown them without accreditation and and <laughs> and paid paid the penalty for it but we won't go there um if you know if you're if you're a like i learned straight away when i was working for the magazine the yeah. the, the girls from ironman oceana in the media center like okay glenn no drones i'm like sweet i'm not even i'm i'm not taking it i'm don't even i don't even want it on race day you know yeah but so yeah but i look i i love it and for uh for ironman days it's great because we obviously want a lot of scenic shots and yeah. places like Busso where you can fly up and shoot the swim start and everything it, it's it's amazing it's it's what Ironman wants and it's what any I suppose um, triathlon media um, marketing person really wants they want those nice scenic and destinational images so yeah I, I, I like I like being able to fly out here and just fly over the surf and um, I can actually like just put it up from my house and check the surf I don't know. I, I walk down, but yeah, it's it's good. It's another creative way. Um, yeah, just another another look. Um, yeah, it's certainly. Um, I like the, the. If you haven't checked out um, Corrupt Vision, that's the Insta. You've got to get on board with this. Um, the surfboat stuff he did with the drone, which is what I looked at the other day. Ah, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, just wow. yeah, yeah, really nice stuff. I mean, it really is. You, you're very clever at. at putting it right where it should be um it's very good so corrupt visions where you want to be glenn i could sit and talk to you for another yeah we've only solved like a quarter of the triathlon problems at the moment but (laughs) we'll have to get you uh we'll have to get you back on again after you've gone on a few adventures and uh yeah well hopefully hopefully some events kick off soon mate but yeah i I mean it's a hard one it is. It's a weird time. I just, I, I just, you know, I know what Ironman wants. I know what everyone wants, but I look at what the local councils will want and they don't want a bunch of tourists flooding into their towns at the moment. So I'm not a hundred percent sure where all this leads. We're almost and, COVID free until something went down South with all the Mexicans, but. Oh my God. What the hell? Like we were zero a I day. And we got up to 700. I know. I can't even get down <laughs> to see my parents, which is really. Sort of cut yeah. a little bit. My, my my folks are down there, and um, yeah, it's not looking like I'll be able to get down there before Christmas at all. Hey, it's sort of no. My no, mate's my mate in Anglesey. He's like I'm chatting to him a fair bit, and yeah, he's a he's a builder. He runs some. He runs ten guys in you know in around the surf coast and that. And he's like, oh, it's out of control. So yeah, I do. I, I feel really sorry for everyone down down south in my home original home state and stay strong down there. And um, uh, yeah, I think we just got to all support each other. Hey, it's like I was saying to you before that roller coaster yeah. one, one week or one day you're good. And then the next day you're just like, Oh, and I've been doing that with the Ironman events. It's like, Oh, is he going to be on? Is there going to be work? Oh, no, it's not. It's just like, yeah. and then you think, Oh, will there even be Kona next year? And I'm almost like, I don't think Kona 2021 20, yeah. will be going ahead. I know. Like how, are we going to travel? Like, how's everyone going to be allowed to travel? Yeah. 
It's crazy. You are a very, very solid operator, mate. Get onto Corrupt Vision. If you haven't seen Glenn's work, get onto it. It is more than uh, than worth following. You're going to see some really cool stuff, all varied too, which is really nice. Like I said, there's all manner of things that this man gets up to. Mate, I appreciate your time as per always good to catch up and uh, look forward to hopefully uh, watching you work more with the uh, the local Tri Boys and also uh, you work around the, the traps as well. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for thinking of me and getting me on and having a chat. It's always good to chat and hopefully I get to see you very soon in a car driving to an event and we can talk <laughs> even more shit than we, just, than we have. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. See you, mate. Thanks for listening to The Life of Tri. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Tri.